What's up you guys, Squints here. Uh, before this episode starts, I do want to apologize. There's a bit of a buzzing noise uh, that goes on, off and on, a little bit throughout the episode. And I'm trying to figure out what caused it. I'm not 100% sure. I have a general idea. But I'm gonna. I'm working on figuring it out so it doesn't happen the next episode. Anyways, let's get right into it. Episode 1 of 193 Extreme Weeks. Let's do this. What's up, you guys? It's another episode of a man, or not another episode of a man in his podcast. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, this is the it's de- a Tony Mamaluke show. <laughs> this is the debut <laughs> episode of 93 Extreme Weeks. Uh, was my good friend Cody. He's going to be yes. better at explaining what this is going to be. It was mainly um, his idea. That is such a lie. But this is going to be us going through and watching all of WWE ECW. Um, going through starting at the event they did um, four nights before one night stand. WWE versus ECW. And then going all the way till the last show that probably aired on a Tuesday in a February on Sci-Fi. Um, gonna talk about the card, talk about all that stuff. I'm not gonna take this too seriously at the moment. And we're also gonna talk about fan reactions, what the Dirt Sheets had to say about this new breed as they kept on pushing. I swear to God, I heard it every five seconds. Um, this new breed of ECW. Yeah, that was... Uh, before... <laughs> That I re- I have a very vivid memory of WrestleMania 23, where New Breed versus Old Breed happened, and it was like fucking Elijah Burke and CM Punk. But we'll get into that. I'm sure we'll see that. I'm not gonna spoil a year ahead for Week 52 or something. I don't know. Oh uh, my goodness. So, what? How the format is is we're just gonna do two episodes per episode. We might get spicy, do three an episode, maybe. I don't know. We might not even do anything after this episode. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, we basically, I put out a tweet asking if there was a WWECW podcast, because I wanted to listen to one, and Cody said, let's make one, and here I am, five days later. <laughs> more, more accurately, I just did the eye emojis, and now we have a podcast. I, next thing you know, I'm up until three in the morning making a logo. It, it happened so fast, and it leads us to this beautiful Monday afternoon evening-ish which is when we'll be recording i don't know if we'll continue to do the spaces uh by the way this is on spaces on at your boy squints and forgot my co-hosts at at cody Wormboy um w-y-r-m um shitty wrestling stuff that i really am not going to get into in this podcast but basically yeah uh we might do this every monday maybe i don't know it depends on how we feel, if I if this goes well, really. Uh, but let's get into it. Let's get into episode zero, Cody. Let the fans know where this took place. Um, episode zero was Dayton, Ohio. And you might not think Dayton, Ohio is a ECW city. But that's where you're wrong, because um, w, no, sorry, ECW Heat Wave from 98 took place in... Dayton, Ohio, in a venue just 10 minutes down the street from the one they're at now. I don't remember either of these venues' names, but Dayton, Ohio does have a history with ECW. Okay, yeah. I did not know any of that, and then you you basically sent me that whole monologue that you just said. 
Yes. Uh, so the notes I have for the intro were, I guess we're getting WWE versus ECW tonight. Nice. And then I put the ECW locker room, because they show both locker rooms, duh. Yes. They're getting yes. hyped up, and the ECW locker room is filled with nothing but drug addicts, it looks like. <laughs> Not a so, single person in there looks sober. <laughs> okay, so right at this point, as soon as people are showed in the locker rooms, everyone overseas watching this event lost their feet. They lost their feed for the show that they had to pay for in advance because um, it was pay-per-view for outside of the U.S. Um, they lost their feed three minutes in and did not gain it until later, and I'll say when they regained it once we get there. Um, also, talking about the locker room split, um, Little Guido is, or Nunzio, is seen in the ECW locker room, but at this time, he was not drafted to ECW, and he continues to go undrafted to ECW and just competes on ECW as a SmackDown superstar this entire tenure. So, he, never mind, I'm not going to spoil anything. We'll talk about it when it gets there. Time out. Uh, the intro, I put this intro fucks in all caps because it fucked. And then I put, I miss signs, and then Taz and Jerry start yelling at each other because they have a yes. match at One Night Stand 2006. In four days. Also, before we continue, this was competing with the Stanley Cup of that year for TV. So I can imagine that the viewing probably wasn't the best. It was head-to-head -head with the Stanley Cup. And then, yeah, Taz and Jerry just start yelling at each other. And that was the that's what they did for most of the night. And personally, I don't know how I feel about it when there's a match going on and then you just hear Jerry yelling at Taz and then Taz starts yelling in his New York accent that he's going to kick Jerry's ass and then we'll get to it later. Eventually they do, uh, they they beat the shit out of each other. But the first match of the night is Rey Mysterio versus RVD and this match fucking rolled. Oh. This is the best match of anything we've watched so far, without a doubt in my mind. Um, at one point in the match, um, RVD totally just like drops his knees on Rey Mysterio's head while trying to do a moonsault, <laughs> and it it doesn't work at all. Um, he goes on to do, have Ray nutted up on the top rope and hit him with a sabat kick that sends Ray tumbling outside the ring. Are, uh, did you put <laughs> nutted up on the ropes? Yes, I did. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> I put Ray was nutted on the ropes. Um, it's it's a great match. There's a top rope bulldog, like a top rope leg bulldog onto a chair um, about right before the finish of the match. It's a great fast-paced match that should have got more time, but at the same time, I'm glad that it wasn't super long. Yeah, uh, I have a couple notes from a spot. Uh, at one point, RVD fell into the crowd on accident. Not on yes. purpose, but accident. And then Ray jumps into the fucking crowd like a madman. <laughs> Just fucking straight up dove in there. Uh... Yeah, and then RVD won with the five-star frog splash, which was such a weird finish because RVD put a chair on Ray, and then in midair, yeah. Ray, it looked like Ray rethought the spot and said, fuck this, and tossed a chair right away. It, it, I don't know. 
it was either that they talked about it and Ray was like, hey, I don't want to take this bump. And, R- <laughs> and RVD forgot that conversation happened and gave him the chair anyway. <laughs> or like it was, I don't know what was supposed to happen here, but the way Ray just shot that chair, I was, I was completely sure the match was going to keep going. But it just didn't. That was the finish. Because yeah, I 100% think RVD was just doing that to be a dick, just to try to trick Ray. And then I think once Ray seen RVD in air, Ray was like, nah, fuck this, man. Because he he didn't just, like, move the chair. He launched he it. He launched it. <laughs> like, that thing went flying. And then, so that was, that was the opening match. And I had high hopes for WWE CW Watch Along after that match. And then the next segment we get is fucking Perk Angle in the ring cutting a promo. And in oh, this, this promo, oh, oh yeah, one of the best things happens in this one. <laughs> this this promo <laughs> is so good. It it starts out a completely coherent um, Kurt Angle promo. Kurt, ECW Kurt Angle fucks. He's going to shoot on people, going to rip people's heads off, going to break ankles. And it's going to be great. And then Randy Orton comes out and is completely incoherent. I don't know what Randy Orton is talking about for most of this promo. And I don't think Kurt Angle does either. Because Kurt Angle just straight up said, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) And then... (laughs) Oh my god. Randy Orton says, you went from WrestleMania to ECW. You went from going to a blockbuster movie to hardcore porn. (laughs) And hardcore porn got such a pop. It's such a loud pop in the arena. And then I'll talk about it later on. But online also went crazy about this. Um, Throughout the promo, somewhere in there, Randy Orton drops that now that he's not injured he's moving on to raw um instead of smackdown completely skipping the draft whatever they've never cared about the draft and this just proves it even more um but now that he's not injured he's moving on to raw and at one night stand he's going to kill the legend of kurt angle and kill the legend of ecw Uh, Angle also says he doesn't have to worry, now that he's on ECW, he doesn't have to worry about pissing off Vince McMahon or the Olympic officials, but only worrying about kicking ass as he screams into the mic. I I also believe um, he also said he doesn't have to appease any sponsors, which I don't know if he's implying that ECW can't get sponsors (laughs) or that... Or that nobody's gonna watch this show, but the com- the very next thing after this promo is is a sponsor from the X Men Legends game. So talking about doesn't have to appease sponsors or anything, and then they go right into a sponsor. It's already such an amazing production. <laughs> then we go to Mickey James versus Jazz, which. I had zero idea Jazz was employed at this time, but as Cody mentioned to me in the DMs, yeah, Jazz was not employed. <laughs> I, I yeah, I want to I want to talk about this. Um, 
So this was a decent match. It was good. I don't have any notes besides this. This specific Mickey DDT looked fucking rough. <laughs> Dude, she fucked Jazz up on that DDT. Um, but Jazz was not employed with WWE up until this point. They hired her for this show, and then they went on to hire her for about another year and a half. Um, but this was her only TV appearance during this contract. It is just this match. Everything else was ECW house shows. Um, and then after that, she went on to work with a company called Women's Sports Uncensored or something along those lines. And later on in the show, in the WWE locker room, you could see their chairs in that locker room. So I don't know if they were working a deal or they just ran that arena before or anything like that. Um, but this is Jazz's only TV appearance for this, this length of her contract. And then, yeah, at the match, nothing happened. There was, uh, I, my exact notes were, didn't know Jazz was employed around this time, and then nothing really happens besides an X-Factor and Mickey's dope-ass DDT to win. My, because that yeah, DDT, like you said, looked that, fucking brutal. That's my only note for this match. It's Mickey James versus Tab. The Mickey DDT is a rough move. That's all I have here. Um, but it was a decent, not-too-long match. Um, fan reception to this match was not good. Um, at least it could also be because it is 2006 and that's a whole different thing, conversation that's not going to happen on this podcast. Um, but <laughs> the fan reception for this match was like, get these two the fuck out of ECW. <laughs> and it just, it did not go over well. Then next... I have uh, Cena is backstage, and the only note I have for his promo is because around this time I had a headache and I stopped paying attention too much until the next day, and I just put Cena is fired up for his match against Sabu and RVD. So my the only note I have on this interview because I don't know what it is, but I also tuned out of this interview. Um, the the camera goes from normal distance away from him to in his teeth, like every five seconds, and it's really bad. Yes, yes. Uh, he was just basically hyping up his match that he has against Sabu later tonight in an Extreme Rules match, and then his one night stand match against RVD, which leads us to another backstage segment with Paul Heyman as he's talking about the first ever episode of ECW on Sci-Fi, and goes over the One Night Stand card, and if you guys are interested in it, I have the One Night Stand 2006 DVD, and I'm looking at the back of it and going to tell you the card. <laughs> Don't ask why I have the DVD. Anyways, the card goes, FBI versus Tajarian, super crazy. Mama Luke! Uh, Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we're not going to review the pay-per-view. I'm getting that out the way now. No, you would have, it's too much. You'll, it's too much. You'll have to pay me handsomely to watch December to December. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Taz versus Jerry the King Waller, which is the only match that gets fucking promoted this whole night. Show. This, yeah. Uh, Balls Mahoney versus Masato Tanaka, which I don't think they promoted that in this video package now that I'm thinking about it. I don't the remember first... that match. We might have to review One Night Stand 2006. Anyways, Kurt Angle versus Randy Orton. Yep. 
ECW uh, Classic. Oh, yeah. Now that Angle doesn't have any sponsors or Olympic officials down his neck. Uh, and now he's on Percocets. Uh, yes. A mixed extreme tag team match. Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk and Beulah versus Mick Foley, Edge, and Lita. That doesn't a sound too bad. A heavyweight championship match that... The match was decent. I remember watching it. A road heavyweight championship match that I remember going to complete shit. Rey Mysterio versus Sabu. That match ended on a botch. I remember uh, that. Like, I think was... Sabu spiked Rey into the ground. Oh my god. Like, he went to do, uh, the... He, like, you know his triple jump moonsault he does? Yeah, yeah. He tried doing that. Yeah, he... He tried doing that to the outside of the ring... Like, doing a pile driver through a table, but completely spiked Ray's head straight into the concrete. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. And then... Ray... Or not Ray. RVD versus Cena. Which is a good match. No matter how you slice it, that's just a good match. So right here is right whenever our connection started getting spotty. And it just kind of messed up. And it started cutting out, so I added all of that out because it was just a ton of scratchy me and him talking to ourselves because we couldn't hear each other. Uh, but then we ended up reconnecting, and it's we ended up uh, redoing it. But like I said, I'm sorry for these technical difficulties and these sound barriers. I'm trying to use a different software, but uh, next episode we are going to be doing we are going to be doing um, Zoom. We're going to be doing Zoom, so we don't have any of these weird wacky difficulties and all of that that you that we're experiencing during this episode and we're back after technical difficulties because what is a squints podcast without technical difficulties uh last thing that was said was paul Heyman was going over the one night stand card and we went over the one night stand card and then after that is the battle royal but beforehand they had big show cutting a heartfelt promo saying Everyone in this locker room is WWE, even though some of us are on different brands. Yes. Um, and right now is where the rest of the world got their broadcast back. So <laughs> they missed everything up until this point. They missed everything up until this point? Yep. It cut, it cut out three minutes in, and it just came back right now. That is, uh, that's very unfortunate. Um, so they missed the fact that when uh, Randy Orton comes out for this battle royal, he's going to be in a raw shirt. They don't know why he's in a raw shirt. They don't even know that he's back yet. They just see Randy Orton in a raw shirt in this fucking battle royal. <laughs> uh, yeah, the battle royal, I, I just kind of kept notes of the eliminations... I, I, uh, I have one. There's nothing crazy. I disagree. I. What what do you have wrote down? Um. First off, Shelton Benjamin should have been in new WWE ECW from the start. Um. It would have been amazing, and it would have been great for him. Second off, Kurt Angle and Guido throw out Mark Henry like. Two minutes in with no trouble. They don't even do the spot where they need everyone to help them. Just Kurt Angle and Guido pick up Mark Henry and throw him out. No problem. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, 
that was uh that was different. I'm used to seeing the whole everybody has to chase him down and build up on him. Exactly. And it's just Kurt Angle and Guido. That's all it takes in, w in ECW to get rid of Mark Henry. Uh, I'm trying to look at if I wrote down anything that happened that was insane. Uh, Anunzio got eliminated by Big Show. Edge was doing the heel hiding. Um, Tony Mamaluke took a terrible bump on his knees. Um, yes. It was a brutal elimination just right on his knees. Sandman did a drop kick um, <laughs> at one point, and that I thought was worth taking note of. And randomly, I don't know what happened, and I don't know if the match broke down at all, but you see Sandman and Finley are having like a real collegiate-like wrestling brawl in the corner. Like, they're like trying to grab waist locks on the ground and like do half Nelsons and like doing full guard and shit on the ground. I don't know if Sandman being a little too drunk started to, you know, fuck around or Finley just wasn't having it that day and decided to shoot fuck Sandman up. But they were doing real wrestling in the corner for a good little bit of time. Yeah, I, I briefly remember seeing that. Because at this point, I was just like writing down everybody that was in the match and who was being eliminated up until I like they started doing rapid eliminations where they weren't announcing it. Benjamin kicked Al Snow's head off, yes. though. I remember that. Um, He kicked his head Buck off and then just out. dropped head on him. Warren eliminated Angle and thinks he won, but Big Show rips off his shirt. Big Show turns, And shows bro. ECW. Um, that was... I thought that came a little later, ECW Big Show, but it was a, wasn't was too bad of a surprise. Um, the fan forums really liked liked this. They, were, they thought that it came back to the old NWO shirt reveals and cause the giant was an NWO oh my god they're crazy such a great connection um and I doubt anyone backstage had that much thought behind it <laughs> yeah I I highly highly doubt that was the, the thought process up next, we have Edge and Foley in the ring. They didn't even get an entrance, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they just came back from commercial and they were in the ring getting booed. Yes. Um, they got Edge, the dark entrance. Edge, yes, exactly that. Edge shows an old Foley promo from like 1994 ECW. And then Foley doesn't comment on it. Dreamer and Funk just come out right after. Uh, yeah, and it, I, I will be completely honest. This put me to sleep. This yes. this segment before this match sucked. <laughs> and even this match wasn't that good with Edge and Dreamer. This whole section of the show bored me to death. I don't have any notes on this segment. I didn't even know that segment happened. <laughs> there, there was nothing. And then there was Dreamer and Edge and... You guessed and nothing happened in that other than Tommy fucked Edge up on a back body drop. And like by fucked up, I mean fucked up, fucked we up. We also, in the beginning stage of the matches, this is the only, ma the only note I have um, for this match is there was 
Edge was doing a drop hole toad to Dreamer on an open chair. And it just, it, like, Dreamer goes to put his hand up, but it goes right between his fingers. And it really, like, the open chair really hits Dreamer right above the eye. Um, and it's not nice looking, but the rest of the match is just a bore. <laughs> Dude, I, I was in my living room when uh, Dreamer went to do that back body drop through the table. And just... That was brutal. That was horrible. Uh, edge one via spare, and then at this point, I was just ready to get the week one. Yeah. And, uh, like it was just I, I, I understand why we reviewed this because this is the uh, the beginning of WWE CW, and then Foley's in the ring talking about something. I forgot. I don't, I don't remember and what it was. Basically, but it was compared a good promo. It, I I have not, I can't remember it, yeah, that's, but it was a good promo. <laughs> that's exactly what I put. I put he's one of the best promos. I couldn't tell you. He said something about it. He compared something to a breakup because that's one of my notes. It says compares it to a breakup. Not sure what, but something I've, to a breakup. I vaguely remember. I think I think he might have likened working in ECW to prostitution. It was, it was something. I know at one point he was like, I love ECW. You don't get to tell me I didn't love ECW. You guys didn't love me. Um, something along those lines. Um, yeah. Uh, WWE CW supports sex work is something that I've noticed in, uh, yes. the first hour of the program. We have hardcore porn, <laughs> uh, we have prostitution and then the next episode we have the greatest thing to happen but anyways <laughs> jerry and taz fucking brawl at one point fucking yeah, at one point they... taz goes i'm gonna fucking kill you on hard mic and it made air <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> they were getting shots in on each other and joey styles and jim were also just standing there in between them trying to stop it but can't <laughs> And after that, that but yeah, it was a great brawl. But after this brawl, we have a real dog shit, in my opinion, match. <laughs> um, and yeah. I think it's just because yeah. <laughs> at this point, 2006 Sabu is really unreliable. Um, and the uh, 2021 Sabu is very unreliable. Yeah, a Sabu period after ECW closed <laughs> is unreliable. Um, you have Cena versus Sabu in a no DQ match that, guess what, ended in a DQ. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> I, it gave, easy dope, easy exactly, dope. it gave everyone the perfect impression going into One Night Stand 2 and the beginning of the new ECW TV show. The perfect impression. Um, it was a so-so match. Cena really trying to carry Sabu through the match. Doesn't really work that well. Um, no big spots that I can remember. And it ends in a big rumble as the show goes off air. Uh, I, yep. I don't have anything else for this one. If you want to have what I would have done, like you'd have to restart the whole... like lead up to one night stand but if you want to have Cena face somebody like a WWE versus ECW 
hundred percent should have been him and Tommy Dreamer on the Go Home oh, show. No, Tommy. Look, I, despite the fact you need RVD to win the WWE Championship, um, you it should have been Cena Dreamer for the title. Um, because you have the face, the heart and soul of ECW versus the up-and-coming WWE guy who is very obviously at this point the company guy. Um, you really could have had that story work and I think it would have told more of a story than RVD and Cena did because let's be honest, this is really just a push to get the Cena edge feud going again. Um, I think... Realistically, it should have been Ray RVD at One Night Stand 2006. Give them a good 20-minute block of time. Have it be like a throwback to the old Ray and Psychosis matches that got Ray popular in ECW. Um, and then Dreamer Cena at One Night Stand for their title would have been amazing. And if you just want to justify that by having Ray drop the title to RVD and that way it's still a title that they can bring over, would have been fine for me. Okay, sorry, I had to check something. It looked like my, uh, it looked like the space ended, but it didn't. There's still an old viewer, so. Uh, but, yeah, the... WWE vs. ECW episode, it was, uh, something. Yeah, and at just the last real thing I have to say about this show is fan sentiment was not good. Um, like, they were decent up until the last two matches. Um, they really didn't like Cena Sabu ending in a DQ, as you would expect for a no-DQ match. No one's going to be that happy about it ending in a DQ. Um, and they didn't like the Big Show turn, which I thought was very surprising. Um, because at this point, they, it seemed like they were just taking all the stars from SmackDown and putting them on ECW. Um, so the fans were not happy about Big Show. They would have rather see someone homegrown or even just an old person come back or like a new talent they were really unhappy about what they quote said was i really feel like they're giving us leftovers of a dying brand so i don't know where smackdown was at this point um i'm not too familiar with that but it seemed like smackdown was going down and they were just pushing all their stars to ecw to keep them from being seen as negative with SmackDown. Kurt Angle, Big Show, RVD, all this star power for the start of ECW. 100%. Uh, do you want to get into Dirt Sheets for that episode real quick? Oh, yeah. I only have two I notes from to. Dirt Sheets. Uh, I don't know the sources on these. I found them on a website called dirtsheethistory.com. Uh, so... <laughs> Take these with what you want. I don't know how reliable they are. But one dirt sheet says, The reason that Jerry the King Lawler and Taz worked so stiff at the WWE versus ECW special is because they knew they would have to make it as real as possible with the camera so close up. Some backstage have speculated that the intense aggression could have been from a legitimate real-life feud in the past. So what I'm hearing is, 
That could have been real heat, real punches, because Taz and Jerry real life hate each other. I, it, well, knowing Jerry Lawler, that would not surprise me, because Jerry Lawler is kind of famously a shithead. Um, I don't, I haven't heard one good story about Jerry Lawler. Um, I've heard a bunch of good stories about Taz, though. Taz seems like a genuinely nice dude, even with that thick-ass Brooklyn accent, and if you say the wrong word around him, it'll snap your neck. But he still seems more genuine and like a way nicer dude than Jerry Lawler does, especially when you get into Jerry Lawler's history with uh, women. <laughs> no, exactly. So I, because I, I, I was thinking the same thing whenever I uh, was watching it, it did look like it was uh, very stiff. As you yeah, would. and if you want to be stiff, you can go to our sponsors at Blue Chew. Just kidding, I wish that would be amazing. Uh, that would have been an amazing segue. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get sponsors. Uh, <laughs> just like 2006, Kurt Angle. Uh, we don't get sponsors, but I will tell you, if you are watching this when this comes out, I will be on IWTV um, on Saturday the 18th at 10 a.m. It will be me interviewing Ziggy Heim for a match against Bobby Orlando. Um, and then every Saturday after that, for the next eight weeks, I'll still be on um, IWTV. Oh, hell yeah. Give me hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, one other thing is, Vince McMahon was said to be very happy with the way last night's special <laughs> turned out. Talent was said to have also liked the way the show went and liked how Vince made the call to hold nothing back. He held nothing back. He had a no-DQ match and uh, interference. <laughs> yeah. But now that I'm hearing this, now that I'm hearing this, it really does make sense. It really does make sense of how the show was. Yeah. This is a Vince McMahon show. 100%. Oh, well, 100%. It was even more of a Vince McMahon show. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any fan forums from uh, the special um, that you want to discuss? I do. A lot of people were complaining about the um, cutout for overseas. Um, it seems that ECW has a big British audience for some reason. Um, or maybe it was just people who were had a lack of wrestling and they were interested in this new brand up that was bringing. Um, I just find it hilarious that this was a pay-per-view. Yeah, this was... Because I didn't even want to watch it for yes, free. this was a pay-per-view for everywhere else besides the United States. And on the United States, it aired on the USA Network, I believe, Graveyard Time Slot. It wasn't even live. Oh. No, because it was taped after SmackDown yeah. on a Tuesday. Or before, or something. Um, but I have a lot... Of, so I have one person, um, Alan Rules. Um, that That's his screen name, and that's what I'll be referring him to at this point. Alan Rules was very confused at the point where RVD fell into the crowd. Um, because it seemed like he was going for that RVD leg drop on the barricade, but Ray was facing towards the crowd. It was the wrong way. Um, yes. So I don't... He was very confused at what spot they were trying to do. Um, maybe that leg drop, but RVD would have landed his, a his ass on a fan chair that way. 
So, no idea what that spot was supposed to be, and neither does Alan Rules. Um, despite people being upset about the cutage and them coming back to the Battle Royal, they didn't even come back to the beginning of the Battle Royal. They came back to the first ad break of the Battle Royal. Um, but <laughs> not besides that, I don't have anything that goes crazy about this show for the fans. I'm just completely dumbfounded that it was a fucking pay-per-view in, in overseas. Uh, then we have episode one of WWE CW. Week one of 93 weeks is officially here. Uh, or, yeah. Wait, 193 yes. weeks. Yeah, 193. It? Yeah, not 93. Um, this was episode one, as you said. It took place, took place in Trenton, New Jersey. Um, post one night stand, and this was filmed before SmackDown. Um, a few notes before we actually get to any segments. Um, Joey Styles and Taz came out to the ECW generic theme. Um, not let the bodies hit the floor as the show will open with later, just a generic ECW theme. Um, and Joey Styles grabbed a mic and talked in the ring, and he was hyping up the show. And at one point, he said, Oh, by the way, there's some SmackDown wrestling later. Um, that's not important. We know why you're here. Um, when realistically, it was a pretty empty arena for for this show. Yeah, yeah. I think for a while, they were recording before SmackDown. But I remember in 2008, they started recording before Raw. Because I remember I went to uh, two weeks before 2009, actually. 2009, No Way Out. Two weeks prior, I went to Raw. And there was an ECW taping. And I briefly remember going to the concession stand during it. <laughs> Did not give a shit about Ricky Ortiz. Hey, yo. Anyways, <laughs> they show a highlight reel of One Night Stand and the Raw from the night before. Because yeah. this... Fucking WWE and ECW feud is still going, unfortunately. Um, they do that highlight reel. I, it, the show opens, like I said, the bodies hit the floor. Um, just a highlight show showing pretty much the Cena Edge RVD feud. Um, Cena saying, hey, you want to play dirty? I'll show up there on ECW and I'll beat the shit out of you. Um, things like that. Nothing. Nothing too good with this highlight promo. I don't even believe they went over every match, if I'm honest. Um, no, I don't think... Because I don't remember seeing Balls Mahoney versus Tanaka, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, the show opens up. It's the cleanest ECW mat there has ever been. Uh, no blood, no sweat, no anything. It's a pure white brand new mat, which was shocking to see. That would be crazy if they had the, like the two thousand, uh, the two thousand mat. Or eat just blood they everywhere. Borrowed a mat from OVW and flipped it upside down, and have it look dirty. But I guess that wasn't what they were going for. Um, the show opens up. Oh, I, re go ahead. I remember being a kid and literally calling my dad and asking him, "Is this really ECW?" And him telling me no. <laughs> Because I was expecting to see fucking violence. Well, you were wrong because 
the show opens up with Rob Van Dan and Paul Heyman. Um, it's pretty much Rob comes out, thanks ECW, says puts ECW over WWE, um, gets a new ECW title. And then right here we had one more technical difficulty, uh, but after this it should be fine. Um, once again, I'm truly, truly sorry that this happened. Uh, we're going to figure it out. It's not going to be like this every episode. Um, but yeah, hope you guys enjoy the rest of this episode. And we're back after a couple more technical difficulties <laughs> as we are still trying to figure all of this junk out. Uh, right before we cut out, I believe it was Cody talking about RVD being rewarded a new title. Yeah, so he was re rewarded a new version of the old ECW belt. Um, right after that happened, uh, Paul Heyman, surprise, bought, brought out Edge and Lita. Um, both look just like you would picture them to look in 2006. Uh, it's, Edge has a terrible outfit, Lita also has a terrible outfit, but you know, it, it popped Edge, uh, probably popped Edge. Um, <laughs> they come out... <laughs> Come out saying they don't respect ECW, but they do respect Rob Van Dam. Um, they handshake all the good face stuff. Um, Paul Heyman raises up Rob Van Dam's hand, and Edge spears the absolute shit out of him. <laughs> um, it's a crazy spear. Um, Edge goes to escape. He hop hops over the barricade, goes to run through the crowd. As he does, Cena appears behind him. They brawl at ringside. There's a really funny bit where Cena and Edge are taking turns beating up Edge. They're like, no, I want to get him. No, I want to get him. No, I want to get him. Um, until they turn on each other. Um, they brawl. Everyone brawls. Edge escapes. Cena goes to chase Edge, and as he's leaving to go chase Edge, he decks Paul Heyman. Um, just lays, lays him out. Like, folded his shit. Um, it's a pretty good segment overall. It's a WWE Open, of course, with the 20-minute opening segment, but it is a decent version of that. Yes, yes. They got what they needed to get in. It wasn't pointless. Uh, then up next we have the fucking zombie, and the crowd does not give one fuck. No. And my notes are, zombie comes out, crowd is dead silent, grunt, grunt, grunt. Because that's all the zombie fucking does, is... Right into her mic. Yeah, just it grabbed the mic, and... I mean, sure as shit, Sandman comes out. More fucked up than I've ever seen him fucked up before, I swear. So, do you want to know a little bit about the career of the zombie? I know a little bit about it. So... I know he's dead. Yes, he is dead at this point in time. Um, his wrestling name, the main name that he went by, is Tim Arson. Also known as Afterburn, also known as the zombie. Um, 6'1", born in New York City, about 250. Um, he started wrestling in 2001, was trained by Johnny Rods, actually. 
Um, and let's let's go to some of the companies he worked for during his career. Um, VPW. Let's hear it. Don't know what that is, to be honest with you. Um, he was wrestling with VPW as recent as 2014, but like I said, he is dead, passed away at this point. Um, before that, he wrestled for Superstars of Wrestling. Um, and then NWS, um, don't know what that is. Um, he did, so, apparently... These sound like promotions, by their initials, these sound like promotions that would bring in the zombie. So, I was going to say, he half the time appeared as a zombie, half the time appeared as Tim Arson. Um, a highlight from his career on the indies as the zombie, he tag-teamed with Jim Duggan. Um... In, hey in Edison, New Jersey, against Danny Demento and Kevin Matthews, and Jim Duggan won that match for him. Um, he also wrestled for WDW, um, WHE. He also had a pretty significant career in Puerto Rico. Um, he was a long-term, I believe. Puerto Rican, he was IWA Puerto Rican heavyweight champion for a while, I believe. Um, doesn't mean anything right now, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, he wrestled, he had a huge career in Puerto Rico. Um, tag team titles, on tag team titles, on tag team titles, on tag team titles in Puerto Rico. Um, but that's his whole career is the zombie and Puerto Rico. I don't think he shows up in ECW after this no, he does uh, not. appearance either. He does not. Basically what happens is Sandman comes out, beats the absolute fuck out of him with a kendo stick, then does a Russian leg sweep to win, match with about 35 seconds, and then right after this baby... Stripper Kelly Kelly tells us all she is going to take all of her clothes off for us tonight. Yes, we get and this I, exhibitionist Kelly Kelly. I popped hard for this. I'm sure you I'm did. I'm in my living room. Oh, I did. And if you want to pop hard for this, go to bluetooth.com and find somebody that does have a sponsor by them and use that code. Yeah. Anyways. All about spreading she says, the love. Yeah, uh, I know Fightful. Use code Fightful for, I think, free shipping. You can go ahead and do that. <laughs> They're cool. Uh, stripper Kelly Kelly, though, she says she's going to take her clothes off. And six-year-old Jake started making a comeback, and I just started getting immense memories of watching this and having to turn the channel when my parents would walk in. <laughs> and then we have Percocet Kurt Angle versus Justin Credible. This match is amazing um this whole time it's just kurt angle shoot fucking up credible um just slam one slam hold on hold i believe at one point there's a killer power bomb in this match um that it doesn't even look like just incredible knew was gonna happen or maybe it was a gut wrench it was something um but credible gets 
completely fucked up. Um, Kurt Angle chokes him out. Doesn't even lock on the ankle lock. He fucking coquina clutches. Just incredible. It's amazing. And it's funny this happened because I was reading something on the dirt sheets from around this time, right before this episode. Dirt sheets were saying that Just Incredible was going to be a main part, a main <laughs> focus on WWE CW. And if I'm being honest, I don't remember much of Just Incredible after this. So I guess he uh he must have pissed somebody off backstage. Or <laughs> no, he. It, what happened most likely was. Oh, yeah, I'm fine with the shoot match with Kurt Angle. We don't need to play on our match. I'll win. Um, and then he, Kurt Angle just fucked on him. He fucked on him. Kurt Angle just fucked on him this whole match. Oh, my God. Off topic. But that reminds me of that Ted DiBiase story. You, you tried to it? fuck on me. Yeah. <laughs> that referee fucked on me. <laughs> and then after this... Oh yeah, Kelly Kelly's up next. She says she's gonna be out here and she's gonna show us everything. She comes out. Ah, wait. She goes on to this. No, stop. What? Wrong. Oh. Um, Kelly Kelly yeah. shows up on screen, says she's coming up next, and then we get a glimpse of Kevin Thorne, the vampire, hanging outside the ECW arena. Uh, not they don't even really show the location. They just show a billboard with those letters that say ECW is here. So it's probably not even there. Um, but they show him showing his fangs. And then we get to your favorite part of the show. I completely forgot about the Kevin Thorne. I remember it happening. I forgot to write it down. But yeah, Kevin Thorne comes out. And I think we get another Vignette later tonight. But we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute. I think we do. I forgot. Uh, Kelly Kelly comes up, she goes out on the stage, and the crowd is dead silent. Like, <laughs> the crowd is not, not even whistling. Like, I was not expecting a few, a few whistles. And commentary, I don't think they're saying much. And they have this weird 1980s, uh, club music on. And she's just, she takes off her bra halfway, and then walks off stage. Well, uh, wait, so it... I, I, so first off, this was so uncomfortable for me to watch with my girlfriend <laughs> in the bed next to me. Um, it was the worst experience I've ever had. Um, but it looks like she's trying to fully take off her bra, but can't do her own clip. Um, she struggles with her own clip so much that she like bends over to try to hide it. Um, but she can't undo her own bra. Um, and I'm, I guarantee you, so many people save this on their DVR and would pull it back up at 2 a.m. and just go to town. Uh, my, my final note on this segment is, oh, to be 11 again. My, my only note on it is, Kelly Kelly strips and Bubba this rules. And Bubba, bro, put Bubba, bro was feeling it. <laughs> it's funny because right when this segment came on, I hardly watch anything in the living room. But right when I turned this on, everyone in the house wants to fucking all just come to the living room and just talk and have family time. And 
Kelly Kelly's half naked on my TV, and hey, I'm it's like, the, oh. It's, it's the same principle as going to the strip club. You go to the strip club to get it hard with the boys, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> my little brother's exact words is he walks out, sees it, and he goes, what the hell, and walks away. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're into some deviant shit, Squints. That's out here recording Kelly Kelly and how that saved on your peacock ready to go at any time <laughs> uh then we have the uh extreme extreme battle royal not battle royal extreme battle yes, royal a very extreme battle royal um and you can take this segment because my only note on this battle royal is oh hey it's tony mamaluke um that's <laughs> that's my only note my only note is Big Show tosses Tommy Dreamer through a table and Sabu wins. Uh, the stipulation was whoever wins faces John Cena at Vengeance. And Sabu won because that's the rematch everybody wanted. Yeah, they got a that shit show of a match from fucking ECW versus WWE head to head had to be redone. Um, because they were like, oh shit, it's ECW. We can't end things in a disqualification. Um, that's, it was a decent battle royal. I really thought Big Show was going to win because I do, I swear Cena and Big Show have had a match at Vengeance. Um, and even if it's, there might even be some shenanigans that go down at the pay-per-view and it might be Big Show. Um, so actually, yeah, what I think happens, what I think happens, because I know shortly after this, it might even be this week, Sabu and RVD get caught with oh. cocaine and marijuana. And they can't so they might have, RVD. They might, have had to, they might have had to switch the match up, because I could have sworn it was Big Show too, because I had a very vivid memory yeah. of it being Big Show. Maybe, maybe that was this week. I did not catch anything about that. Um, because I think Cena and Sabu ended up having a match at at uh, um, SummerSlam that year. Okay, yeah, because Cena Big Show at that red Vengeance logo pops up in my mind so vividly that I swear to God it was this pay per view. So I think what I'm going to do is we'll touch back on it on next week's episode. I'm going to research and find out, or we'll, we'll wait until the go. We'll see how this plays out. But I'm almost positive that Sabu and RVD get caught with uh, cocaine and marijuana very shortly after this. Okay. Yeah. And because I'm pretty sure also RVD, because I think RVD lost a title to Edge at this vengeance. That was his punishment. Or on a go-home episode of Raw, or a random episode of Raw. And then I'm pretty sure Sabu's just cut for a couple months because, yeah. well, the drugs are bad. Does he? Do you know if he drops the ECW title? Randomly? Yes, he does. Oh, okay. And I think Big Show ends up winning it, but we'll we'll see how this plays out. We're we're talking week seven and eight now, bro. We're on week one. <laughs> um, this this match is pretty good. Um, it's a decent battle royal. Like we said, we thought Big Show was gonna win. Maybe it does happen. Um, the ending spot, I believe, is someone holding Big Show's hand over the top rope and then Sabu does that chair assisted drop kick to finally tumble him over. Um, 
or something along those lines. I think it was the tall guy in FBI that was holding the. Oh, alarm. Big Vito! Big Vito, yes. bro! Vito Lagracio! Dude, don't talk to me about FBI. I love FBI. <laughs> um, let's talk. We have to go to talk about FBI right now. Um, Tony Mamaluke is the best wrestler to ever exist. Um, he holds the victory over Colt Cabana and the Grim Reefer. Um, that's fucking amazing. He also technically owns the rights to the FBI gimmick because he won it from <laughs> Little Guido in Ring of Honor. Um, that's why every single time after this, uh, well, not every single time, but up until around 2010, every appearance that Little Guido had, Tony Mameluke was there. Um, because Tony Mameluke owns that shit, and Nunzio isn't shit in this house. This is a Tony Mameluke Stan account. This is Tony Mameluke Stan podcast. And we will get Tony Mameluke on this podcast or I will die trying. I will find this man. I will I will find his house. I will knock on his door. I'll mail him a letter. I'll give him something that says he needs to be on this podcast. Or we'll fight. I'll fight Tony Mameluke and I'll put it on Twitter. But we will I get Tony Mameluke. I will get on Twitter or on Cage Match, look up his recent matches, and I will personally DM promoters asking for contact info. His most recent match is I'll, I'll pull it up right now. <laughs> this is not a bit either. This is like it's a bit, but it's gonna it's gonna happen. Tony Mamaluke will review an episode of ECW with us. Uh, matches for Tony Mamaluke. His last match was in 2018. Um, for Dynasty Chapter Four in Amsterdam, New York, he, him, and Little Guido went up against Ben Hamen and Stevie Richards under the Conspiracy Horsemen um, for the tag team titles. Um, the Conspiracy Horsemen won. Um, and yeah, that was his last match. Before, before that, it was him in. NYWC against JT Kaysen and he won that match. What promotion was this? Um, Dynasty and NWYC. Those NW. Were, those were his two last appearances. I'm looking them up now. Um, NWYC is a good promotion. That's where milk chocolate comes from. Um, they were on. AW Dark a few weeks ago, I believe. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. A uh, couple dirt sheets. Well, one dirt sheet from this is Dave share of PW Insider reports that the reason behind DCW not airing live was because sci-fi is uneasy with the language used at the ECW pay-per-view from the audience. The ECW audience is known for being pretty raunchy, and Sci-Fi apparently wanted to make sure that was edited out. Damn. Um, I mean, I understand it, but at the same time, that's kind of fucked to do to ECW. Yes. Um, I and do... then, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, continue. Then you were saying some fan forums to me that the Sci-Fi nerds were pissed. Yeah. So, I have two big fan forum things or maybe three depending on how you cut it um sci-fi apparently sci-fi had a loyal fan base which was news to me um 
the sci-fi had a loyal viewer base and they were pissed that wrestling was on their network um even squint saw these screenshots and i might post them onto my account later um but one dude even was tried a call to action for all the other sci-fi nerds to try to get um, sci-fi bought back from the executives so they could put true sci-fi stuff on there. Um, they were they were really not happy about ECW being on sci-fi. Which, like, I find that so odd because I feel like a Venn diagram of, like, sci-fi fans and wrestling fans, there'd be a lot in that middle part. Oh, yes, 100%. This dude's just weird. <laughs> like, I'm almost positive if anybody watches sci-fi movies for fun, they have to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, it's it's the same amount of torture. It's synonymous with each other. Let's find that guy and get him on the podcast. <laughs> I will and I will I will have him <laughs> review two episodes of ECW. And then we could book him versus Tony Mamaluke and it will be great. At Squints and Cody presents WWE CW versus Nerds. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then my last fan forum note, and this goes for both of these shows. Um, fans were really expecting Steve Carino. I know he was doing some stuff with MLW and ROH at the time, um, but fans were really, really expecting Steve Carino. Um, for WWE ECW head-to-head, they thought that the reason the show was going to be two hours um, was because there were going to be some more returns. And the top return that were, they were excited to happen was Steve Carino. When that didn't happen, they all convinced themselves that that was how episode one was going to go off the air. With Steve Carino coming out and challenging RVD and finally pushing them away from WWE. Um, which is not what happened. Do uh, they think this is AEW? Hey, you know, AEW in 2006 is what ECW was supposed to be. Um, but everyone was very convinced that Steve Carino was going to show up. And I'm honestly not going to be surprised if that trend continues. Um, Steve Carino is a great wrestler. He had an amazing match against Colby Carino, his son. Um, for his son's 25th birthday on IWTV was a fucking fantastic match. I have no doubt that at this time Steve Carino could go, but I don't think he's a fit for WWE ECW. No. That match, yeah, that match was real good. And I get why they'd want Steve Carino in WWE ECW, but I don't know, man. That's it's so weird that in 2006, that was who people were wanting Dude, uh, uh, Carino's popped me like a motherfucker. But it's like, yeah, it's weird that at this time period, I guess he... No, I think this is tail off the, off the end of MLW's Extreme Horseman run. Um, it was a stable. They were the, force, the four horsemen, but they were extreme. Um, and Steve Carino was... A primary member in that feud I believe but I know he is doing some good shit with the Ring of Honor but it is crazy that everyone was hot for Steve Carino in 2006 
But what made the Four Horsemen more extreme? Did they, uh, it, while the original Four Horsemen, they watched, uh, blockbuster movies while Crino <laughs> and his boys were just, uh, in the back watching some Ron Jeremy and it was, it was, hardcore porn? I believe Steve Carino, Terry Funk, and two others. I'll find, I'll figure out who the two others are. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Anyways, I don't have any more notes other than I don't know what the fuck we're getting ourselves into. I have the lineup for the Extreme Horsemen. It was Steve Carino, C.W. Anderson, Just Incredible, Simon Diamond, and Barry fucking Windham. That's fucking extreme. Um, they they never won, never won a title as a group. Um, and they were managed by J.J. Dillon. So that's what gave them the tie to the original Horsemen, I guess. Um, that fucking rules. <laughs> I also I actually have one more thing before we close out. Um. The zombie had a match against the boogeyman in Puerto Rico as the zombie versus boogeyman. Oh, hell. <laughs> I need to find footage. <laughs> that is... That is a dream come true. The best match ever. That sounds absolutely horrible, but amazing at the same fucking time. It is the worst combination of things, and that makes it a train wreck. We have to find a way to watch. Absolutely. Uh, But that's going to do it for this episode, I believe. Uh, Like I said, the only other thing I have to say is I don't know what we're getting ourselves into. Uh, This started off as a joke. How? How? This started off as a joke. Um, And now we're here. It's honestly, uh, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be extreme. It's, it's going to be something. That's all I have to say. Yeah, it's going to be something. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter at, at Cody Wormboy, um, C-O-D-Y-W-Y-R-M-B-O-Y, I will greatly appreciate that. I'm trying to you know get a little more followers i'm kind of sitting at the bottom right now and like i said earlier in the program if you check out the wrestlers lab on iwtv um alchemy season two starts um at 10 a.m september 18th and i'll be on the first episode interviewing ziggy heim about a match with bobby orlando and i'll be on every other episode besides episode seven but still watch episode seven it's important to what i interview people about on episode eight um yeah that's all for me sweet yeah uh you can follow me at your boy squints with a z at the end not an s uh you can follow the podcast on twitter at a man and his podcast uh, follow Cody more importantly let's get this man spaces uh, <laughs> Fuck I don't have a spaces button Um, but also more importantly follow Tony Mamaluke get this man back on Twitter maybe if his uh, phone blows up hotmail email starts blowing up 
Maybe if his old Hotmail email starts blowing up with followers, he'll get back on. Uh, go ahead and follow Nunzio, too. Little Guido slash Nunzio. I forgot what his exact name on, uh... I think it's James Mariotto, or something Mariotto. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just honestly, support... The support FBI. ECW, support <laughs> us. Yeah, the FBI, yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say, other than... I feel like the first year of this is going to be fun, and then we're going to start getting to, like, weird ECW with Zack Ryder with one pants leg. I think that outfit uh, fucks. I'm sorry, I think it fucks. No, it does. <laughs> it does. It absolutely fucks. It's just, that was a very dark time for ECW. We had uh, a lot of weird, quirky uh, stuff going on in that time. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening to this. Um, leave down in the comments or I don't know how podcasting networks work uh give us a rating thumbs up <laughs> something do this anything your job, bro? dude I <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just honestly like just follow us follow us make us look cool um that's it uh, if you made it this far, thank tweet, you. Tweet your boy Squints and tell him to clean his fucking mirror. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need you to do for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a sticker that's stuck on there, bro. <laughs> like, if you're talking about... No, I can, I can see fingerprints from five years ago on that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> Anyways, uh, if you made it this far, thank you. I uh, forgot to mention this at the beginning. Uh, a man in his podcast is dead. Um, oh. It, <laughs> it, by dead, I mean I am not going to be doing weekly interviews anymore. Uh, it was hard finding guests that were reliable and would be able to give me their schedules. It was hard scheduling. It was just... It was just, it became too much. Got and... chipped by the viral video guys. <laughs> yeah, by the fucking Walmart boys that stud me up. No, what Kelly happened Kelly with that told is you he, no. he told me, he told me he was down. And then five minutes before recording, he's like, hey, give me a minute. I'm going to go ride a bull. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, Kelly Kelly's manager told you no. Oh, yeah, whenever I emailed Kelly Kelly, I just got no. I messaged Zach Ryder's. I messaged Zach Ryder when I started A Man in His Podcast, and fucking Brian Myers emailed me saying no. He was like, we're not doing interviews right now. And oh, I... you know what we forgot to talk about? What? Vince McMahon's the person who taught Kelly Kelly how to strip. Oh, hell yeah. That's the one good thing Vince McMahon's ever done in his life. Vince McMahon... <laughs> It sat in his office with Kelly Kelly, took his blazer shirt off, and, like, ro like rodeoed it around his head, did the butt shaking and all, uh, and literally step-by-step step taught this, like, 20-year-old Kelly Kelly how to strip. He was, strip. like, 18, bro. Oh, whatever. This 18-year-old Kelly Kelly how to strip. And Kelly Kelly's just sitting in a chair, um, like, the feeling when your dad's yelling at you to shine the flashlight better. But it's fucking Vince McMahon is who we have to thank for teaching Kelly Kelly how to strip. We need 
a WWE 24 on the Kelly Kelly signing, <laughs> and I hope to God there was cameras in there when Vince is sitting down and he's like, all right, here's what I want to do. And then he just gets up and takes his blazer off. <laughs> I can guarantee you that there are no uh, there are no cameras in Vince McMahon's office when he's talking to women in 2006. <laughs> and with that, uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's rough. Uh, no, but yeah, we've been prolonging this ending for like 10 minutes now. Uh, if you've made it this far again, thank you. Uh, a man in this podcast is dead. It's not a podcast anymore. I shot it. It's, it's a brand. It's a brand now. A man in this podcast is a fucking brand. Hence why it's called a man in his podcast. It's an experience. It's an experience. It's a lifestyle. It's not straight edge because your boy's hung over. <laughs> Dude, I was... I was laying on my friend's couch, and all I could think as my head spinning is, I have to record a fucking podcast tomorrow. Dude, I was I was out like right minutes before the podcast, stuffing my face with twenty dollars worth of mac and cheese from Noodles and Company, and I was like, "Dude, my stomach's gonna be like shit during this podcast, but fuck it. At least I'm not the only one." Oh man, I ate like three chicken strips from Lee's Chicken or uh, like Lee's Famous Chicken, and that. The hangover stomach, that does not feel good. I'm probably going to, after this, I'm probably going to edit it or attempt to edit it and pass out. Anyways, that was 193 weeks. We are down to 192 weeks because we did not factor in episode zero. Uh, so we didn't but know now we're down existed, to a, but... I forgot all about it when you told me. I already had the logo made and was not restarting. Uh... But technically, we have 192 weeks left to go. Join the ride. Peace.